Welcome to the first episode of Corporate Shenanigans, a podcast to talk about your office life, your office, your business, and everything in between. I'm Mr. A, and I'm uh, the co-host of Corporate Shenanigans, and we have. Hey, man! This is Mike here from the <laughs> south coast of whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. Just, just Mike. Mike sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> the south coast is rather accurate, though. <laughs> we well, I tried to do the accent and then I realized I'm going to fail so I just gave up on the entire South Coast thing. Great. <laughs> so, just to... I mean, I wanted to do this now. Uh, that's that's me popping my beer uh, before we start way, recording. Way to rub it in. <laughs> okay, fine. So, uh, Mike, let's just, let's just take a minute to talk about the format for the show and then get into the meat of things. Um, we're going to talk about uh, what Mike is, what, how, what, what has Mike's week been like. I will tell a story about a corporate, uh, corporate thing. Then we'll ask a question. We will share some tips. And I think that's about it. Is that, is that correct? Sounds about good. Right, Mr. Mike. So, what do you want to talk about this week? So, so just to elaborate, right? We are talking about shenanigans. So, the the idea is to actually talk about the absurdity of life around you, right? And how it doesn't make sense, um, especially the corporate life. So, one thing that has really stood out for me in terms of what I've been reading is what is happening in the banking and financial world uh, with specifics to the investment banking uh, folks. So we all know how investment bankers are supposed to be really hardworking, right? And they put in the hours and whatnot. But what has happened because of this entire COVID thing, investment banks are under significant amount of pressure to do deals because when they do those deals, they make money through commission. But in this scenario, nobody wants to do a deal, i.e. nobody wants to raise money because they won't get the right valuation for it. So what we have right now is a lot of these unfortunate new joinees. So because, you know, people have just graduated, they're just joining in or guys who've been in the industry, say one year or two year, who are actually working even harder than what they were before. So earlier, you know, you would have said that, okay, you know, 10 p.m. to 12 p.m., you know, maybe they're going home at 12 p.m. on a normal day out. That's 12 midnight, right? 12 midnight, yeah. So, I mean, so just to, they'll probably come in by 8 or 9 a.m. and then leave by 12 p.m., right? So regardless of the time you end, you always show up to work at 8 or 9 a.m., right? Depending on where you are. What I'm hearing about now is that these guys are actually working till like 2-3 a.m. consistently now. And that is across these banks. Now, one would argue that, okay, it seems that they're probably working because there should be more work. But as I pointed out at the earlier part of this rant, there's actually no work. So what these guys are doing is that they're making whatever little presentation that they can do and show it to whoever client that they can just to demonstrate that they're actually working in this pandemic and try and justify their salary. Now, the poor guy at the bottom is actually not getting paid a lot, right? I mean, sure, by uh, normal standards, yes, but if you compare it within the hierarchy, an MD at an investment bank will make, you know, like a 
like a million dollars or more right the guy at the bottom is making a hundred k at best right or maybe slightly more so he's literally slogging far more doing unproductive work which will probably not result in anything material in a pandemic where he's probably already stressed out because of family considerations because of other considerations so that is the news coming out and to me it's just amazing how people have so little sympathy in the financial world with respect to work and you know especially the junior guys it's just um, it's mind boggling when you say when you say they are doing work what kind of work do you think they are actually getting on their plate oh they 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 are basically outsourced uh, presentation makers so what will happen is a a a a managing director or say a senior in the team will say i want this slide i want this slide i want this slide and i want this slide and when i say i want this slide i'm talking about he will ask basically a guy to make up to a deck of 100 slides right I mean, I've seen decks of up to 150 slides, and then you will chug along, and it will be completely pointless with irrelevant details. But you will do it, and then once you think you've done it, because well, you've built it because of the way that the senior in your team wanted to make it, you will get comments across those 150 slides, basically where he will go back on his own idea, his. his or her own idea of presentation and give you incremental so a deck will have like 10 iterations and you know each person looking at it will have a different point of view and by the time it goes to the top guy the top guy will have a completely different view so then that just keeps happening so in a way you're just like a glorified presentation maker um yeah that's the so, long so short I, of it i i uh, i remember one of my first bosses ever said this uh, this very great words he said hum bechte ppt hai bikta excel hai we <laughs> we we try to sell ppts but what actually makes a sale happen is the excel do you think it's yeah. it's not true in even like investment banking and pe so yeah obviously see numbers are important right uh, it's not that the number work is not critical and therefore there's a lot of stress on making sure that your work is error free especially when it comes to the numbers but you know as someone's rightly pointed out i mean businesses are not built on excels right so you can put whatever number you want on an excel but at the end of the day when it comes to actually delivering something it's a lot harder so you know you should take, <laughs> so you're take adding, it in you're adding, adding one more layer to it so you're saying that hum bechte ppt hai bikta excel hai magar kaam kaam hota hai well i mean you know when you go to uh, see people forget right people think investment bankers are you know some of the smartest guys out there and they who, are who you know thinks, but things that i mean generally like the high flying guys are trying i mean at least historically right now you have a lot of tech guys but i genuinely like in my interaction is the entrepreneurs who are the easiest less the smartest lot right so if they need something to show in an excel they will make the excel work and then you will be like oh amazing you know business is going to be fantastic but when they're on the opposite side and you're trying them to buy something you know they will poke so many holes in your excel in terms of your assumptions that it doesn't really make a lot of sense then so that way i can make an excel or an investment banking guy will make an excel but is really the guy on the other side who who's probably seen enough of this to know what is true and what is not and therefore i don't i don't give excel too much value yeah uh, at the end of the day it's just number work and real businesses don't work like that yeah yeah 
So, uh, okay, so we actually did this episode of podcast a week back, and then we lost the recording, so we're doing it again, and we've we've had this rant again. And I have the same question that I had asked you uh, last time that you did this recording. Would you, if if, I mean, a if it's possible for you to have a child, and b you actually go through with the deed and have that child, would you recommend your child to take a PE job? Um. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? I I think it'd be ironic if I came up with a different answer. Uh, I think what I did tell you is that I did have a I do have a brother who I sort of recommended this profession purely because it still pays really well, right? So I think that that that's still there as a consideration. So if you're not sure what you want to do in life, you I think that you should still give it a shot and see what it does because it'll pay you well and it'll open up opportunities that otherwise may not be there. Uh, but I think. I would really just not recommend anything to my child anymore. I think what <laughs> is important now when I think of it is that I need to equip the child with the right skills. So he should be able to think on his own and understand what he wants, what he what he or she wants, doesn't want and how the, what their perspective in life is, right? So if he is or she are money minded and they're like you know I'm going to make a lot of money and therefore I need to get an investment bank all power to you yeah to go ahead and do that but if you're not okay with this rat race in a way and you want to do something artistic make songs or do something do that yeah i think what's important now from from the way that i see it is that i need to equip them with the ability to make those decisions rather than make those decisions and then see how it goes for them so i i recently learned uh, that a common friend between you and me uh, quit her index fund job a really right. high paying index fund or a pe job i think uh, uh because are you t- beca- telling me what i have told you back yeah. is that what you yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 i am i think this sorry to you i am basically the, the question i have is um you, so what you told me was that she quit her job because the life really got to her and it wasn't a fun thing to do anymore yeah uh, do you see that kind of burnout happen often so because I'm, I'll tell you an example I know there are some professions um, one of them being advertising agency work which causes some extent of burnout especially at the junior level because it just gets too much you know uh, do you think do you see a lot of burnout and, and this also happens with consultants right I mean a lot of McKinsey uh, BCG fellows they work for 3-4 years get the credit and then say hey this life is not for me I want to move out of this life. Do you see that kind of a churn rate also happening for people in PE, especially? I mean, as you've said, the junior guys are really overworked. So, do you see that happen there as well? Yeah. So, let me make the distinction. Firstly, I'm talking about investment bankers, not so much the PE guys. So, PE is slightly different that way. Um, for investment banking, there is a high churn, and a lot of it is similar to what the consultants we do, which is that they will spend a couple of years get the required experience and expertise and therefore they will then join the industry they will join the industry in a strategy role in a cfo role in a fundraising role whatever they may see best but they will switch up so that level of high attrition is 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 very common in um, investment banking the buy side which is p and hedge funds it's slightly different 
because at times uh, the payoffs are much higher so people don't exactly burn out but what you will see is that you will see a higher mortality within the industry itself what mortality. i mean by that is uh, so what i mean by that is yeah so what i mean by that is what will happen is you are investing in a certain amount a certain amount of money in an asset that needs to generate returns so if you are not inherently a good investor you will not survive in the industry so regardless of whether you want to be in the industry or not people will not trust you with their decisions and therefore you will not be part of the industry that long so then you'll have to exit the industry so that churn within the career is significantly high within pe so again you know this it's interesting only a few amount of people actually make a lot of money right i mean we see that everywhere right so it's same with pe right there's a certain amount of private equity guys who've made a lot of money but by and large a lot of people struggle um, and that struggle then translates to a lot of people having to quit the industry not purely because of burnout but because of other things as well but even within pe there is burnout uh, even in i mean finance there's a lot of burnout yeah i mean that's why you read all these crazy and horror stories right because at the end of the day if you can't spend the money you're earning um doing something you really want to do apart from your work then it i mean it, the, the money loses its value over time i have a great idea Go I, for i think we should start a company that will spend their money for them so basically we can just do all the things that they want to do but they don't have a time for and record it like on live tv and then cut it into like a short segment so that mm. they can see that youtube video and get the satisfaction and live vicariously through more interesting better people sure why why don't you try that i'll 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 pass on it for now let's see how it goes for you full full uh, nsu for you is, is, isn't that what react videos are like when you're watching someone react to something which you might want to watch is basically that right oh uh, yeah or it's like a validation at times right like i've seen something and i really like it let's get an external validation of the same right I mean I don't know if you've noticed but a lot of the react videos that we have in India are either from say a foreign country which could either be the west or it could be our neighbors and it's just that we want them to validate that yeah we're great and once we get that validation okay great we we're, we're all watching great <laughs> things let's go forward in life right so yeah that's right it. so that was a story about what has happened what what he's seen happen in the corporate world this sure week. man thanks thanks uh, my name's mike but okay thanks We will cut that out. We I can beep it. Sure. <laughs> so, okay. We I I will beep it. Just yeah, I will beep it for sure. Ah, uh, take. Why don't you just say that line again and then we can just go forward. We can say it again. I mean, uh, this 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 was talking about. <laughs> I was saying you said with the right name, right? So when you cut that out, then you can just say that this was the actual line. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that was that that was Mike's story for the week. uh kind of grim so, <laughs> so okay so i'll tell you a story that happened go for it mr a or that... should i call you hey <laughs> 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 right, sorry go please go ahead mr a what's right. your story of the week so this is a story from uh, a b2b call center uh you have heard the story multiple times bear with me Oh, I mean, okay. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't ring a bell. <clears throat> so this is what happens when you when you like make podcasts with your friends. 
you tell the same story again and again and again and again <laughs> and if you and no interestingly you know we haven't actually checked out like okay like i checked out my recording i'm just hoping that there's no problem this time yeah <laughs> right fine my story yeah. so this story comes from a call center uh, a b2b call center which is basically uh, where, where they had multiple vendors where they try to sell something to them and assisted them in other selling stuff so this uh, so this call center is a kind of small uh, company like a 15 20 member organization of of the actual callers the organization was much larger where the actual callers were 15 20 people and one of them was uh, a star performer for this conversation sake let's let's call this person bunty so, so mr bunty was a real, real star performer uh, did everything right made the most number of sales had the best relationship with all his vendors that he was talking to uh he was working in a comp- in the company for about 6 months when one day he just doesn't show up so i don't know the week of the day the day of the week but he just doesn't show up for that day and the his managers and employer employers were uh kind of worried hey where's bunty why is he not come but they just let it be uh they tried reaching out to him but they could not reach out to get get through to his phone next day they reach out to him again because he does he still doesn't show up and his phone is turned off and he is completely missing from action uh uh so they start getting worried about him he some something happened to him did he meet an accident is everything okay so through somebody through one of the other employees in the company who also knew bunty informally they made an inquiry to his house asking whether he is okay or not and they get and they learn that he's been missing for a while uh the first thought to the employers was when you say while it can't be that while right i mean he was working and one day he didn't turn up right yeah since then he was missing okay so the first thought that came to the managers and the employers was that hey what is everything okay with him and then the his checkout pass started coming out apparently he has he had a history of going missing before <laughs> Uh, history of going missing is yeah. it yeah so he had gone missing from his previous job as well where he just did not show up and you know he just went missing for a while his family said that hey i don't know where he is but if this is regarding money don't come to us deal with him yourself so that was kind of surprising when the stories are coming out from his fellow employees his colleagues at that call center bunty had taken a loan from each of them to some to some degree a small loan from each of them to some degree he had also taken a huge advance on his salary uh from the company that he was working with and they didn't have a problem giving it to him because i mean you know he was a top performer so so this narrative started becoming he he needed money and uh he had some money issues and then so he just ran away with whatever he could muster but that didn't really make a lot of sense like i mean of course he could have taken a more a bigger advance in the company worked there earned more pay, repaid back the loans uh through the person who knew his he, who knew him informally 
more stories started coming about coming out about his behavior outside the office where apparently he had taken small to medium sized loans from his friends with one of his friends he had gone taken his motorbike and uh, pawned it with the local mafia where he had taken money from this money lender and as collateral given that bike's paper and said that hey if i don't write on the money to you you can just take the bike and keep it wow so so this guy's bike is gone uh his other friends who would know him as as a as a friend their money is gone the company's money is gone and the and and the colleague's money is gone it was it was a hard story for them for them to solve swallow but they said okay you know why it's gone it's gone what you going to do about it that and started getting calls from their vendors so because this guy bunty had access to all of uh, the vendors contacts he had been calling them and asking for a personal loan i mean at a personal level at a at an individual's relationship level and he had called each and every vendor and asked them for money and some had given money to him so tot i mean each of these loans were between a 1000 to 10000 rupees where the largest being with the motorcycle but they were at least 20 people who had given him money uh and now it started getting scary he hey our the company's relationship with the vendors would have gone for a toss their reputation would have gone for a toss uh i mean the money is gone of course from what they had given him in, in uh, advance for the employees are all like not happy about this and one guy's motorcycle is you know with the mafia so so that is that is that is the story that i wanted to share with you but why did he take all this money okay yeah great question so apparently he was deep into cricket uh, gambling on cricket matches so he was betting on games and the last bet he made was a really significant bet which he did not have money to pay for and that and bet was against india so he had bet against india and india won that game and because he had bet money he had to pay that money off but did not have enough cash so had to find multiple sources of of people he could who could trust him to exploit them and pay off this loan and then still run away because maybe it wasn't all paid off did this guy get caught he did he did not get caught but he got found so uh he was found in bombay working at a cafe interesting who found him his friend yeah his friend and what happened to his i mean so what happened to the guy when they found him like did he have to pay back like what did he do there i mean there was no police case uh hmm. and they just like That's let it. it go because what you going to do about it if a guy That's runs the... away with your money what you going to do about it oh wow oh wow so this what story the... actually has a sad ending hmm. Oh, it has a sad ending. It has a sad okay. ending because uh, in Bombay, while working in a cafe in the kitchen, he got burnt because of uh, a gas leak. Oh, 
so the gas leaked and he was so you did not tell me this before so is this yeah. like happened over the past week or what no i just did not tell you the sad part about this conversation i just did not want to make it a sad story but now i don't give a shit so yeah so he, i mean there was a gas leak in the in the kitchen and they had a fire source of fire like spark or something and he got second degree burns uh, on his face and his hand and had to come back to bangalore to get like treatment for his burns god damn i'm sure like his family has that dilemma right whether help him or not help him i i don't think the dilemma i think they will help him for sure like why why wouldn't you i mean just because you're I a mean, criminal son doesn't mean that's what i'm saying like right? i mean you would have given them so much strife right all those guys all those lenders would have definitely showed up at the house right I mean, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a problem, right? Like I always have this issue as well. I mean, I think a lot of people think, right? If your family member were to commit a crime, do you support them or not? Because the implication is that why did they not think of the family when they committed the crime? That now you have to think of them as family after they've committed the crime, right? That's a that's actually a really, really interesting part. What, hmm. what would you do? Would you th- I don't know. Yeah. I don't I think it's an element of the crime as well, but I don't know because you know when a loved one or someone close to you is sort of reacting say after committing the crime very remorseful and is in stress then you think okay maybe you know people make mistakes they've made a one time mistake let's move forward. I mean surely it's a crime. violent crime. I mean not like not like a murder but like violence in the sense that hey they just went and beat somebody up assault battery Yeah assault. that's what I'm saying right that maybe they made a one time mistake you get on with it actually you know if it's if it's just a violent assault I think I'd be okay with that because okay fine you get into <laughs> fights when you were a kid as well right so they got into a fight they beat someone up full up full credit to them right if it's a murder then it's actually a bigger issue because then you don't know how to think of it yeah you know what murders are kind of rare like they're not as uh, frequent is it yeah they're not as but an assault is fine right i mean assault i mean you know you would have I mean, everyone's been in a fight here or there right and you're always i mean if something stupid happens and you need to stand up for something then you get into a fight yeah what's the big deal with it i i think it depends on the relationship i think uh the nature of how you'll behave with that person depends upon how close you are with that person and how much can you overlook in that person so if see see when you saw it, said uh, assault right to me a lot of the assault that i naturally think of is is two guys getting it because they say they have strife between each other and therefore you know they sort of uh get into some sort of a conflict but even there there can be a nuance layer right which is then safe say, say and i'm just thinking out loud say if you have a friend and now he's been um, there's no criminal proceeding or something right so forget all that it's just a moral dilemma but you found out that he or she have beaten up their partner yeah you know violent fit now how do you because i actually know of an instance where i was at a college there was a couple in a college and the guy had actually hit the girl yeah so i mean <laughs> <laughs> um so okay so here is how i would look at it uh i think that any action on that person's be, uh, by that person is a reflection of who they are under different circumstances 
now it really depends upon your relationship with that person and whether you want to uh, overlook their dark side or not i am i am all up for not overlooking it and holding that person responsible for uh, whatever violence that they have committed mm. or i mean or it doesn't have violence either, right i mean what if it's fraud like like this guy that we spoke about uh, <laughs> like if 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 he stole your motorcycle and <laughs> pawned it off would you still be his friend after he returned or if you knew him socially otherwise uh, would you still be his friend after you so have I think I think him? there is an element of depth of relationship which you know some things you can't so you know some things you can't uh, you can't shy away um, so you take it upon your responsibility at times to you know even help out if you can but yeah if a friend were to sort of do something like that to me i would i would question the friendship itself right because if he has not thought of the friendship while i mean surely he would have realized right if he's going to do something like this he's going to break my trust i mean he could have just spoke i mean i am all up for honesty right so if there's a problem just say it up front right and get on with it like you being honest i mean we're all to me we're all adults now right and if you're honest with me i am mature enough to know how to handle it and we can sort it out together But if you've decided to do something where you've involved me without even telling me, then I think that is a massive issue. Then the friendship is probably not worth saving. So this is a good time for me to tell you, I was involved in a criminal activity last week. <laughs> you know, I don't have a problem with what you said, rather than you taking my name repeatedly. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh fuck! Just can you can you note down the time so I can I can beep it out. I should just put a poster here, right? Okay, like <laughs> I am Mike. <laughs> so why don't you say that same line again, but say Mike, so that we can, you can. Yeah, yeah fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just beep it out. I'll just beep it out. Don't worry. Yeah, um, but you know, it's a, it's a. These are tricky things. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think. Uh, everyone will independently decide how they see it and how has the other person reacted to it and i think each situation is also different so it's i don't think you can i i think i don't think there's a right or wrong to this unfortunately okay so let's move on to something slightly more fun uh, <clears throat> so this sec- this segment is called question of the day question of the week question of the week mm. where we ask uh mike and mr a a question that has been bothering us for a while uh th- so i mean so this this week's question of the week is in what creative way do you think microsoft will fuck off will fuck up tiktok when they purchase it <laughs> so uh just for everyone out there or no one out there it is not a question that's been bothering us it is just been a question that we've thought of to try and make it seem that we're clever but i am genuinely not thinking about this question at all so whatever response at least you get from mike is going to be very random because it's not a well thought out question but i'll let mr a answer first because it seems to have been bothering him for the entire week yes so i think how they will manage to fuck up tiktok is that the home page of tiktok will now become msn.com <laughs> nobody likes msn.com <laughs> i think there will be uh, i think when you're trying to make a video there will be a clippy 
animation hey saying hey i see you trying to make a video how can i help you <laughs> i you think you know that people can't see you actually right yeah. <laughs> i think that uh, i think that microsoft will make tiktok uh, uh internet explorer only app so you can not open on on your android or iphones it has to be done on internet explorer <laughs> I, i think i think that uh to find out who has liked you liked your uh tiktoks you'll have to download excel but there you can only download it in, in csvs which will only open with microsoft excel with utf8 format otherwise it would not open <laughs> so there's some very specific problems that you see <laughs> I think that uh, every third TikTok will be about will try to convince you to buy Microsoft Office 365 without giving you reasons why you should buy Microsoft Office 365. <laughs> That could happen. Well, for sure, it won't happen. But so I think one of the things that they will do to mess this up is that they will start releasing TikTok videos on educational and uh, <laughs> on uh, global upliftment. just because if you hear satya nadella or microsoft that's all they seem to talk about about empowering everyone coming together and using it to sort of educate everyone so you will have you know like an einstein tiktok and a newton tiktok and it will just become downright boring i think that's one i think to promote education TikTok will shift from movies to actually book reading so instead of having a TikTok of a movie you'll have a TikTok of a book reading and it will again you know promote literacy and what not so i think that's what they would do um yeah i think these two things sort of stand out to me thirdly what i think that they actually could do to mess it up is actually stop with innovation so to me since they've acquired linkedin they've done jack LinkedIn was what it was 2 years back and what it is now I have not seen any incremental usefulness maybe that maybe this is the acquisition to support LinkedIn <coughs> so you can log into TikTok only through your LinkedIn account yeah. <laughs> so cannot... LinkedIn <laughs> so what they will do is they'll use TikTok to make your video resumes and then promote that and be like that's the new way to get a job right and then ah and one more thing that they could do a lot of it is that they will have TikTok premium and every day you will have a ma- a premium message from Microsoft telling you to buy TikTok premium all the time right like i'm sure all the linkedin guys have got it like and they'll t- give it to you t- for a month TikTok for TikTok for sales TikTok for hiring TikTok for dating like separate I, not dating i don't not think dating. they'll get into yeah, dating that's not. too new age for them it yeah. has to be educational it has to be global upliftment yaar yeah. <laughs> otherwise What's the point? Yeah, Nadella will lose all the shine on his head, right? That he gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, but, yeah. but I am very sure that once TikTok is Microsoft, they will remove all audio from TikTok because, mm. uh, I mean, their audio is powered <laughs> by Zoom, and <laughs> nobody, nobody will figure out how to use audio on TikTok anymore. But I think what is interesting is what I think what will be interesting is whether it still goes ahead and buys TikTok, right? Because at least in India, it's already not been there for say the last three weeks now. So if you were a TikTok user, you're already we've already started migrating to other platforms, right? And you've heard about uh, 
Insta, I think there's other US equivalents and Indian equivalents of of TikTok, right? So if they if this prolongs for too long, will TikTok just lose its relevance altogether, <laughs> right? Because people would have already moved on to the next thing. So, so Microsoft can fuck up buying TikTok by taking too long. <laughs> Yeah, they'll just buy a platform which is inherently not being used by its users anymore, right? <laughs> that is really yeah. Microsoft thing to do. I think I think they'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll do that as well, right? Yeah. I think that's what they yeah, they'll probably, you know, they'll launch a mobile phone with TikTok and they'll be like, oh it's it's got Windows operating system, you know, and you'll be like what the heck? But I I think for sure the one thing that they'll do is uh, whenever you open TikTok, the sound will come <laughs> keeping it consistent and you'll have the windows logo at the back right just to keep it constant <laughs> yeah no I mean yeah I mean to be fair I mean Nadella's done a good job with Microsoft right so yeah. I'm sure they're thinking about these things in well but uh, yeah I mean yeah the cloud the cloud thing is doing really really well yeah yeah I mean it's keeping Bill Gates uh, significantly richer than he would have expected yeah he's still competing with the likes of Zuckerberg uh, they Bill Gates should just stop talking about his wealth and say that hey this is not my money anymore this is like the Gates Foundation money like what our Mr. Tata has done Tata Mr. Tata uh, I mean all his personal uh, he I mean the Tata Trust owns a lot of the Tata companies and then he instead owns Tata Trust so I think to be fair to even Bill Gates I mean he doesn't really talk about his wealth right I mean all the work that he will come and talk I mean if you watch his interviews, then he's always, always talking about the philanthropic efforts that he's part of. Right? Yeah, I'm Not sorry. Really. I was just talking to a poor person, like, <laughs> seeing somebody that rich, and I'm like, is that fair? Can people... Yeah. Should should we actually but have... Bro, he's not, even the, he's not even the richest guy anymore, yeah? It's a goddamn uh, Bezos, yeah? Yeah. Isn't like, that, isn't like his ex-wife like the seventh or like some some like top fifty richest yeah, person? Yeah. Because the wife got Amazon shares as a as a split, right? And the Amazon shares have just shot up. Yeah. So Bezos is I think last time I checked was like one eighty billion dollars, yeah. Can you Very imagine? interesting. Yeah. Wait, I have to tell you the story. I have oh. a friend who was working in Amazon a oh. while back and then he quit. And uh, I met him back in January and he was trying to sell his his Amazon stock at a certain value and he got really excited like hey January is coming it's coming great I earned a lot of money on my stock I checked out with I checked up with him uh, last week and since Jan till now their stock has gone up 2x so had he just waited a few months he would have got 2x the value do I know this Amazonian yes, friend of yours yes you know oh, him okay. you are oh, a very okay. good I mean he's a very good friend of yours Correct, correct. No, I just tried to put it together. No, but then that's what... So, like, you know, we talk about wealth creation, right? And this is slightly on a different topic, but we talk about wealth creation. So, you have these select sectors, right? People are, oh, you want to get into... You should get into investment banking, get into a hedge fund, get into private equity, and you'll make a lot of money. And, you know, especially if you're doing an MBA, then these are the sort of the areas to be in. Tech has now picked up, and, you know, everyone wants to be in a tech, and you make a lot of money. And it's fair, it's fair. So I'm not saying these things are But if you are an Indian graduate 20 years back, or say 10 years back, and all you did was join HDFC Bank, Axis Bank, or ICICI Bank, or Kotak Bank, and you joined as a management trainee from a top-notch business school and just rode it, just rode the wave over the last 10 years, 15 years, the amount of wealth you have made would have 
easily surpassed any one of your batchmate just through ESOPs and you would have done it with almost negligible pressure that you would have had to take in a private equity job and But it's just that's, amazing that's also true so let's say that you were joining Google in 2005 before Android correct there, there is no way that you are worth less than a couple of million dollars right I mean I agree Yeah. So to your point, right? Like all my batchmates who have joined Amazon, I know for a fact Amazon still incentivizes their staff through stocks. Yeah. So the amount of capital that they're sitting on, I mean, I think you know, after three years, those guys are earning. I think those guys have like six stocks, six to ten stocks, right? Let's let's throw a number in there, even if it's six six stocks, right? Six stocks right now. I don't. Know, I'll have to check Amazon share price. What is it? Amazon share price right now is three thousand yeah. dollars. Those six stocks are worth eighteen thousand dollars. For people who don't know, that's worth more than like eighteen is what one lakh eighty, and then seven. So that's worth around like fourteen lakh rupees. Yeah, it's just yeah. staying there. I mean, that's phenomenal wealth creation happening for yeah. a lot of my batchmates. But I, do you think that our generation? I mean, so do you think that our generation has missed out on that opportunity? I no, mean, no, cause, absolutely. Cause let's see. Let's see that uh, even Amazon. Uh, Yeah, it's gone. Let's say three x whatever. You know, it's gonna do really well. Uh, yeah. But that nineties wave, that the generation, multiple generations before us rode, and then they made like amazing wealth from nothing. Do you think that our generation actually has access to that, uh, or have we? Do we not absolutely. have access to it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean. So you need to be specific with the countries, right? So I mean, you. I mean, I don't know about India, the US and India. India, India. But if I had to think about India, India's GDP is like what two thousand dollars now. I think it's around GDP per capita, right? I think it's about two thousand. Sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars. I think. I mean, give or take, let's say ten percent to ten twenty percent, right? Utna hi hai. Let me just okay. Seven. I, I would say about seventeen hundred dollars. GDP per capita. Let me get accurate here. So 2018 was 2010 dollars, oh, okay. right? As per Google, so we're about the 2000 dollar mark. A middle income country, uh, or say take China, right? China right now is at 7000 or 8000 dollars, if I'm not wrong. It's already reached those levels. 9770. The same comparison, right? So you will see us go. If things are okay from that two thousand to five thousand, six thousand, when till you become a middle-income in country, generally it's very easy to grow. I mean, you just need to get your basics right. It's only when you're a middle-income country that becomes incrementally harder because you've sort of taken off the lower end of the easy things to do, so it gets really hard. So now think of the absolute wealth that is going to be created. Yeah. Now you and our, you know. From our education, because of our education background, we are actually really well positioned to capitalize on that. The only thing is that, firstly, do you identify correctly, right? So as I said, right, HDFC Bank, ten years, not a great career. People may have assumed or whatever they would have assumed, but you created phenomenal wealth for yourself. So did you invest correctly? Did you do the basics right? Yeah. I think what a, what I think a lot of people get wrong. especially in our generation and again this is you know we can club it with us sort of our i mean you know is there is an inherent desire for the next thing for the next thing for the next thing so you get impatient you don't allow something to build organically and slowly if you actually look at some of the real wealth creation that has happened around the world it has actually been a slow process 
but it happens on a by a nature of compounding. So if you are just persistent with it and you've identified sort of the right two or three things and not overlevered yourself where you run a significant risk of actually getting wiped out, I think by and large, I think we will create significant amount of wealth for ourselves and our future generation, right? And it's right there. I mean, look at the amount of wealth that is coming out of China, yeah? It's amazing, right? Yeah. If, you, if you speak to any foreign graduate who's gone, studied abroad, they will tell you that the Chinese or Baba are the richest guys out there, right? Yeah. So I think that opportunity will be there for us. Here's a story. Uh, hmm. So I know somebody who went to a B school in Canada and right. they were, and I mean, the story is that there were Chinese people, a lot of Chinese students in that university. Hmm. And some of them were just uber rich. So they would have their own uh, own house, like a mansion as a, as a student. And they'll, they'll drive the best cars and they're like swankiest pubs at night yeah. and like carry like Louis Vuitton bags and like the, the highest end fashion and do like in uh, at a B-school. And yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. So I was part of a foreign university as well. And uh, the, I mean, I was a dirt poor Indian, yeah. But the wealth that I saw from the Chinese guys, it was, uh, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, and one thing people don't get is this inequality thing, right? What people don't understand is the inequality will keep rising. So if you're at the upper end of the layer already, you've sort of, you, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that it's because of your effort only, you know, you've been fortunate based on your family and whatnot you actually are much better positioned and therefore you can actually rise much better and much higher than say a lot of the average population in the country. So we, again, if you make the right decisions, you should be okay. That, that, that kind of leaves me really sad right now because my net worth today is jack. So <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> let's let's well, I it think you let's know about my net worth as well. So let's, <laughs> let's you know let's leave it at that. Yeah? I, I love how the two like poorest people poorest. are talking about wealth creation. <laughs> but amazing. One must remain optimistic in life, bro. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next segment. Uh, we've done done the question. We've done the story. We've done mics. Uh, commentary for the week. Mike, you have something else to say for the for the week that has gone by? No, I think let's. Uh, I think uh, quite a bit of ranting from me for this week in terms of a lot of X. Not so. So some of the rantings actually not been even related to corporate shenanigans. But I think. Uh, yeah, so I think let's 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 move on to our next segment, and the next segment is called uh, Fun to Follow Formula where we share a tip about how do we uh, how do we survive in this crazy fucking world and today's theme of fundu photo formula uh, mike is how do we communicate better in this in these times of covid and work from home and have you have you have you faced a scenario uh, have you faced a scenario where you very communicated where communication have been under par or you felt the need to communicate better and more with your co-workers yeah I mean obviously yeah. I, I've seen uh, I've been part of it myself I've seen other people not communicate well enough as well um, you know it's it's a see I think what a lot of people will and again this is my take love to hear your take as well is that a lot of times you know, people are struggling with how much to communicate, you know, over communicate, under communicate, how much is important information, how much is not. 
I I naturally as a person tend to limit myself. Okay, this is important. Let's just tell him that or him or her that, and then forget everything else, right? Because why am I wasting their time and my time in trying to communicate, which is not important. But in these times, I think it's useful to over communicate. So I actually am going to my office right now, so there's not so much of a problem now. But earlier. when i was working from home because i wasn't communicating enough i think a lot of my perception was that the guy is not uh, doing what he needs to be done or there's there's just far too much iteration happening in terms of basic things which i could have just sort of crossed off by one quick line in uh, additional line in an email right that i could have done so i think um, uh, yeah doing uh, over communicating is is useful obviously you don't need to tell them when they're going to you're going to the bathroom or you know <laughs> when you're watching a movie but uh, just keeping them up to date with the list of things that you're doing and keeping a tracker i think these are some basic things which would be useful for people yeah i agree uh, i think what what gets lost is casual conversations so a lot of communication and information sharing happens through just casual conversations and not meetings but because mm. now everything is a fucking meeting uh, we have to be slightly cognizant about uh, i mean slightly cognizant about sharing information or receiving information and you know uh just have more casual conversations so i actually have a solution or at least a hack for this Go for my fundu fodu formula is that every team should have a one hour slot where they just spend on hangout they don't have to have a meeting they don't have to do anything with it but one hour a day everybody in that team should be on hangout doing whatever the fuck they are doing i mean whether it be work whether it be just you know gossip or whatever it is and the smaller the team it is better it is so if you have like a five people team stick by it and if you have a 15 people team break them up into separate rooms or zoom calls that you can just like come and go and have conversations but you know just just having somebody uh that you are saying hi to or listening how they breathe i think i think that that kind of helps so i agree so sorry if i had to characterize my uh, fundu foru formula i i i mean it's uh, slightly similar which is to so i'd break it into two parts firstly would be to have a webcam or uh, have a you know like a webcam web meeting mm-hmm. uh, i i see <laughs> the i see the websites you have been visiting of late webcam <laughs> have a i mean have webcam. a have a have a daily you know like a like a video conference uh, meeting where everyone just you know shares what they're working on and sort of updates people uh, it doesn't have to be a long thing an half an hour thing and i think it will help a lot of uh, the miscommunication uh, that can happen but as you've already sort of taken that and and i agree with your sort of suggestion i think the other suggestion then other suggestion that i can give people is when you're sending off an email to someone try and read it from the reader's perspective has he got what you're trying to say have they got what they're trying to say if you think that it's muddled slightly then please assume that the reader will probably be even more confused because they don't even have some of the perspective that you have so read the email that you're sending from the recipient's perspective and then make the necessary iterations to make it clearer in terms of your messaging I think that I think would would help um, alleviate some of the miscommunications that you may have. Maybe what you can do is just start writing Hindi song lyrics in the middle of your email, 
so that when when somebody asks you hey what was that about you at least know that they read it so <laughs> middle of the email jaati hu main jaldi hai kya and your boss can ask you to where are you going to ja kar rahi hai and then if he does then you know what's working <laughs> but but it, why only hindi then why not english music lyrics because i think there's i think there's a great uh, art in the 90s hindi song lyrics which has which right. is which hasn't transcended into other languages so sar kai lo khatiya jana lage i think that's you might just do cheese badi hai must must like you can do a definitely lot. send it to a female boss of yours she'll really appreciate it #me too do cheese badi badi hai again So we will create an email where you can share your office stories and send them to us, and you can talk about it uh, on this podcast. This has been Great. the first episode of Corporate Shenanigans. Sorry, just when you just explain the concept right of Corporate Shenanigans, I don't think we've done that in like any point really well. Like, tell them about like how they can rant about anything stupid in their office. Yeah, remember the weird opening sound I made in the beginning. Um, <laughs> I am in. in I don't think I'm a good person to explain what this is. Why don't you give it a try? But think I mean so so um so hey thank you for listening to our podcast. Um this is Mike and Mr. A uh, signing off. But just as a reminder, we do have a website that we will share. Uh sorry, an email address that we will sh- oh, fuck I'll have to start again right. Okay. So hey, thank you everyone for listening. Uh this is Mr. A and Mike signing off. But before we go, we just wanted to highlight that we do have an email address now, where you are invited to send your corporate shenanigans stories that you are comfortable sharing. Again, everything will be on an anonymous anonymous basis. But the idea is very simple: to exp- to exp- to expose the shenanigans of this corporate world and how it has become absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely. Uh what is the email Mr. Mike? Oh no. Want to try and create an email address right now. Uh, on the on the podcast. Yeah, that 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 makes a really really good podcast. I thought hey, I thought we put it in the description or something, yeah. Is that not possible anymore? You yeah. can't put like description stuff. Yeah, let's let's do that. So we will put in description whenever we make it. Uh yeah. I think I'll try create an email address which will be corporate shenanigans at uh, gmail dot com or something. You know, all of this is going in the cut, right? <laughs> Where we are listening to you describe the process of how to create an email. No, no, we're cutting. Cut this out, no? Just cut this out. Aha! Cut this out, no. Okay. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll put the email in the description below. Bye. Bye, Mr. Mike. Bye, Mr.